Welcome everybody to the second episode of the Dynadad Podcast Season 2. We kind of have a special one today. It's going to be a a good one. Kind of not planned. Uh, Me and my uh, brother talked about bringing on this guest later on, but it kind of happened to work out this, um, this episode. So... Without delaying anymore, one gonna introduce my co-host, my brother Cameron. He's uh, behind the ones and twos, gets this all uploaded and the music and everything edited out, and gets it to you guys on time. And then, special guest for this episode is my dad, Mike, or Michael, depending on or whatever else you'd like to call him. He is a. Decided to bring him on. We had, uh, it was kind of last minute, and um, we had talked about bringing him on at some point. Didn't figure it'd be this soon, but it just kind of happened, or kind of worked out this way because uh, nobody else could really get on with this short of notice or week. So we do have uh, other people planned out also, but um, this is just kind of how it happened. So um, before we get into this interview, uh, a couple things I need to talk about. One, I don't know what's going on or why the page got shadow banned. I, the first time I understood it, because we were um, posting pictures and sold some stuff about um, getting rid of local pedophiles. And... Um, yeah. <laughs> It, it was stupid, but at the same time, like I kind of got it, and we were shadow banned for that. This time, I I don't understand it. I, I don't know what's going on with Instagram. We haven't uh, posted anything uh, controversial, I guess, unless Instagram just doesn't like dads and dinas. I, I don't I don't understand it. Um, I know a few weeks ago there was some <laughs> interesting message that I got from some girl that sent some photos of her half naked on a motorcycle and she said where are all the single dyna dads at and then i i posted that on my story but um other than that i I don't get it it it's getting better our views and likes are starting to get back up there uh but i don't understand it and messaging instagram is basically useless so i just got to kind of push through it so if you guys aren't really seeing the page as much uh, that's what's going on and I, I don't know what to do so just got to kind of push through it and hopefully it just kind of gets over with uh like i said in the past couple of days it has gotten better um and then the other thing a small announcement we may have a sponsor for some up and coming episodes um i'm talking to the person and so we're we're going to see where that goes uh they uh, they've been on the podcast already and have a small business. Uh, that's all I'll say right now. But yeah, we we were talking today. So hopefully by the next episode, we kind of have something worked out and have our first official sponsor and uh, kind of get that going. Um, that'd be really exciting to finally have a sponsor on the show. And um, I actually just ordered something from them. So we'll kind of see what uh, what happens there. And then the final announcement before we kind of get in there, I got my leather pros 
V3s, version 3s, um, saddlebags on my bike. They actually ended up coming in way quicker than I expected from Get Lowered Cycles, uh, which is a great website. I love using them. I've, I've used them for a couple of years now. And I installed them and I absolutely love it. I was, <clears throat> I daily my bike for the most part and wearing a backpack. And my brother will for sure back me up on this because he dailyed his bike for a long time. Wearing a backpack loaded down sucks and ruins motorcycles. Yeah, that's no fun. And it hurts your back if you have to take long rides and you're on like a sport bike. Yeah, because you did that on your FZ, right? Uh, yeah, the FZ wasn't too bad though because it's a little more straight up. But on the Ninja, remember? I daily oh, right. SunWest and back for years, and that was it was torture on my back. Yeah, the Ninja, I couldn't imagine doing that because you're leaned over. All that weight's literally just on you. Yeah, um, it ends up hurting like your elbows and your wrists the most. Well, and the, the FZ, like uh, like you said, if you're not familiar with the FZs, you, it's a basically a sport bike, but you sit up and down, straight up and down, and that was comfortable like no matter what. But yeah, that wasn't bad. But riding um, like I do, for the most part, I daily that bike as much as I can, unless it's pouring rain or anything like that. Just riding with a backpack just ruins it. Uh, but when I put the bags on and then rode without a backpack, it felt super weird because it felt like I had no weight to me on the bike. It, I, like, I just felt super light sitting on it. So it was kind of weird not to, but it's way better to not have to wear, ride it with a backpack. It's just way more comfortable. Um, so that was nice to finally get those installed and in, and they, they said it was going to be like a four week wait, but I think it was only like a week and a half to get a mate max two. I can't remember my exact order date, but, um, it's nice to finally have those on. So if anybody's out there thinking about getting some saddlebags, those leather pros are amazing. This is my third set that I've had. The first set I think were the V twos. Those were used. Then my last two sets were these V threes. Um, the last set went with the bike when I sold it in this one. They're amazing. I absolutely love them. But uh, other than that, I think that's all the announcements and um, kind of stuff we have going on. I'm, I'm really excited about the the future sponsorship. We'll have to kind of see where that goes. But uh, let's get into this interview. And like I said, it is my dad. And he will start off this podcast with... He just became a Dinah dad slash grandpa slash uncle. I'm sure you keep going for uh, this third time. Third, yes. third Harley, third Dinah. Yes. So this is, he just picked this up Saturday, Saturday or Friday, Friday, Friday. He picked it up Friday. Um, it actually <clears throat> ended up. Being a guy that uh, follows the the page, um, I don't know if he listens to the podcast. We'll have to ask him that. But I, it was funny because he, um, my dad had sent me this bike off Facebook Marketplace a week or two ago. And then the guy, I can't remember his Instagram name. I should have got it. Um, sent in a video of him riding down the highway and I posted it. And my dad was like, I'm pretty sure that was the bike. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I, that'd be kind of, you know freaky if it was and then it ended up being the bike so uh you went and picked that up friday and brought it back and brought it by the house and we saw it it's nice super clean bike um let's get into let's start off with your first street bike until now if you can remember what you've had because you've had like me mini bikes uh more though so let's get into that what was your first bike stegosaurus 
Oh, that's how it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. And that's by the way, go. yeah, let's put a little warning out there. It's, you know, my dad and my brother and Sirius is not in our genetics. So comments like that may happen during this podcast, but we're going to push through it. So let's start off with your first legal or street legal motorcycle you had. I think the first bike of that black one that came from San Diego that if you guys remember, I couldn't get it plated because it came from like Minnesota and it was not a 50 state bike. Oh yeah. Oh, that black DRZ. It was super clean. Yeah. Yeah. And then I ended up trading that for like a TRX 250 two stroke quad. Oh yeah. The race quad that was built, um, by that, uh, Eddie Sanders, Eddie Sanders racing. Sanders, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. And then I went out and raced that at the fairgrounds and the first time I blew the top end. Yep. I remember that too. And then Danny ended up with it. Whatever happened with it after that. Yeah. Danny Gallagher took it from there because we traded, uh, the air conditioner unit for the house. Yep. For the, for the TRX. So yeah, that was my first one that I owned um definitely not my first bike that I had ridden on the street I'd ridden back at 18 years old on a like a little 300 ninja that was my friends um and a GSXR 750 back in the 17 18 year old days so that's really I mean obviously you guys know that I'd been on two wheels long before that but as far as on the road that's what got me hooked. What um what was the one that you it was the first time I remember riding with you. I want to say it was Papa's and I don't we were in Visalia, I think. I don't remember, but I remember you putting me on it with a helmet and I could hear you. It had a radio system in it. And I can't That was it was Papa's and your Judy grandma's Honda Goldwing, that fully dressed Goldwing. It was in Porterville. And we took, I took you for a ride. Yeah. A a few blocks around. Uh, I think they lived in an apartment at the time there in Porterville, but yeah, that was the first time you rode on the street. Yeah. I remember, I really remember that because I just remember being amazed that I had a helmet on and I could hear you talking to me the whole time while we were riding. I don't I don't remember anything about the bike. I just remember riding with you and that's it. Yeah, no, it was one of those at that time. I mean, we're going back, what, 25 years, but it was fully dressed, fully dressed uh, Goldwing, yeah, with the intercoms and everything. But at that time, you plugged it into like a little port. Oh, yeah, I remember. You know, like a, they have the fairings, and so they have room for all the electronics and stuff, like speakers and all that, radio. Yeah, so it was just like, a, a you know, an umbilical cord, and you just plugged them in, and it went through the system. Yeah, absolutely terrible time. <laughs> I just that's the first I time I being on a motorcycle, I think on a street I, bike anyway. I couldn't imagine having to plug in my headset and then I'm sure the helmets back then were heavy as fuck compared to what they are now. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I can't remember if they were open face Mine with a microphone or. Yeah, I think they were both full full face. I remember yeah, now because I remember close. I remember I think you closed the visor. And then when we stopped, I tried to pop it open, but I couldn't because I, I didn't know how to get my finger underneath it. 
Oh, right. I don't remember what your helmet looked like. I just remember that on my helmet. I don't even remember what color they were. I don't remember the helmets. The bike was like browns and golds and striped type of a thing. Like a typical gold wing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a comfortable older person bike. It's, you know, not somebody who wants to do 200 miles an hour or drag a knee. That's that kind of bike. You're right. No, but man, they'd last forever. Oh, yeah. God. And you could drive that thing coast to coast. And like you said, it's almost like sitting in a lounge chair. Yeah. So after the DRZ, let's go down the list of what you had. You had that first one. I remember that. That first DRZ. What'd you have after that? You guys may have to help me with that. What did I get? Was it the W? No, you had the WR later. I, yeah, I had the WR450 Supermoto, but was did that come after the GSXR 1000? Oh, yes. You had that when I had the ZX10. Right, because you and I both hauled ass down the road at like a buck 80 yeah, next to each other. Going to grandma's? Yeah, we were going to grandma's. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible so, place to be doing that. <laughs> yeah with the, all the oranges on either side yeah we yeah. haven't taken much to and the blind intersections there's so many because of the groves you would have smelled yeah. citrusy though oh i just smell good yeah 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 you you had that jigsaw first and i remember because it was like spray painted and crap right it was kind of it was well you, you know what i had the wr first and i traded the wr for the jigsaw 1000 oh. yeah. you went down south right yeah, I went down to um, uh, the Magic Mountain, kind of right on one of those off ramps, and met the guy. He was from San Diego. That's right, because I remember when we did that big ride up through um, the Sequoias. It was uh, you on the WR. I was on Cameron's DRZ, and then Cameron was on his Ninja at that point. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we'll, we took pictures up there along the scenic area and all that yep yeah and that was a terrible trade <laughs> it was a terrible trade because that I'm wr sure. was sweet that was a badass bike because it had the 480 kit right it had the 480 kit in it God, yep. that was that was a beautiful what was that an 09 it was wasn't it 09 i think it was first couple of years into the aluminum frame Oh, so I can't remember. Yeah, I want to say oh nine, but I could be wrong. I don't even remember that bike. I vaguely remember it, but I don't remember. I don't even remember what it looked like. It was blue and white. He had you got custom graphics for that one, too, didn't you? I I did. I used that same that singe graphics and then it had the the oversized desert tank. So it was kind of like that opaque. Oh, you know, so you could kind of see through it. Yeah. And then I had like the wheel stripes on it and the whole works. I mean, everybody complimented it. Um, steering stabilizer. Yeah. Steering stabilizer and the whole works. And, and it, uh, I bought it plated with the dirt setup. And then I went out and bought the supermoto setup for it. That's right. I got it from that. Did you have half and half wheels or the Marchesni Marchesni's? No, I never did. Just warp nines. I thought. Yeah. I believe they were just warp nines. Who had yeah, somebody, just black. Do you guys have half and half wheels on your supermoto? 
Or was it on that weird mm. KLX thing that Seth had? We don't talk about that. Yeah, talk about a bad a bad choice. We're we're not interviewing me. We mm-hmm. are um we are talking about other poor decisions and but the KLX two fifty Fs are the most useless thing that has um been invented. Um I I, I guess if you are just starting off and brand new to it and never wrote like grew up writing anything if you just randomly wanted to start writing um i guess that would be a good bike for you but uh, if you have any writing experience and plan on going anywhere faster than 55 here that bikes that was that was a absolutely terrible bike yeah it was a slug yeah that thing sucked and i completely looked good but it just yeah that that was a terrible purchase, but um, anyways, not talking about that. Let's go. So, so you did. So, so you went WR450 Jixer. Didn't have the Jixer very long. Yeah. Yeah. That was just not. It was just not something that I liked. Both the writing, the, your, you know, your lean angle and everything and your the way you rode and on top of that, you know, second gear, 110 miles an hour is the bikes just breaking a sweat. And I always found myself wanting to go that fast. So I thought it was probably yes. not a, it was very easy. I mean, you know, that those bikes didn't wake up until you were way up there. So 8,000 RPM before it even like actually started pulling. Yeah. Yeah, and when you and I both had the leader bikes like that, we would just ride next to it. It was too easy and too much fun to want it just haul ass. So yeah. was that was that the one that had the guy had just taken off the exhaust and all he did was put on that little baffle tip on it? It was yeah, it was that megaphone. That was ridiculous. and and didn't who all we rode up to the top of um up there in, in the mountains with all the granite. There was like three or four of us. I don't Cause remember. Kevin and Corbin, like once we got to 180 and 198, they took off and went home. And then I think it was you, me and John Verkike. Was Yeah. I was not on part that one. What was John on the Harley? I know. I think John was supermoto. Yeah, he had like an XR four hundred. Oh, that's right. I don't remember that trip, but I do remember the bike now. Yeah, because didn't we stopped and got gas up there at like Hume Lake? Oh, camp. yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when I decided that because my ears were ringing for a week after that because you know as we're going up there and and the granite walls are right next to you. That stuff was bouncing back to my ears. And that's when I ended up finding that, um, carbon fiber off brand. Oh, that Chinese exhaust. Yeah. Yeah, it was that Chinese slip on. Yeah. But it sounded really good. And it was before they, they couldn't sell them anymore. Yeah. Before carb got stepped in. And yeah. So then it sounded really good. Because you could pretty yeah. much get anything online in California, and then not too long after that, all of a sudden they were like, "Hey, maybe we should regulate this." Right? Yeah, it was yeah. Dan Moto. That's Dan what Moto the brand is. of the. Yeah, there we go. 
Wow, I haven't heard Van that Moto. in a long time. Yeah. I mean, they actually were really good. You know, they, they the carbon fiber, the stainless and everything, and it sounded good. I, I think you guys probably remember it after that. Yeah, I do. Sounded, I Didn't I get one from well, the X10? I thought you did. I thought you guys both ended up getting them. Yeah, because yeah, that's right. You did. The one that was on it that Robert put on the ZX10, I sold it to somebody in Tulare, and then I bought a Dan Moto and put it on there, and it sounded so much better. Yeah, what did you have on that before? Like an Akrapovic or something? It was an old school, I want to say uh, like one of the first, um, I can't remember. It's a red logo. Oh, man, what is it? They're real popular. Yoshi. Not Yoshimoto. Yes. Not Yo- oh, Yoshimura. Yes, Yoshimura. Yeah, the Yoshimura. Yoshimura. Like an old pipe, mm-hmm. like one of the first ones they made that fit that thing. I don't even know where Robert found it, but he found it and he put it on it. And it sounded okay, but it was three feet long. You know what I mean? I mean, it was almost up to the rear fender. And so it just muffled too much of it. And then I, so I sold that and put the Danmoto on and it sounded so much better. I probably lost my yeah, power yeah. because I don't think it was tuned all that well, but it sounded better. I wasn't racing the thing. Yeah. And your Dan Moto, that's when we found out that you couldn't get them shipped to the States anymore. But if on their website, if you signed a waiver that it was going to be used for a track bike only, they would ship it to you. Oh yeah. That's how we got yours. And then they get, they did away with that too. Yeah. I don't think you could get that at all anymore. No, you can't do that. Like in California, you can't get most of the exhaust that, are um, offered for like the Harleys and stuff anymore. I know Thunderheaders, you for sure couldn't unless you're buying used, unless you had a connection with someone who was getting them in, which that happened also. Uh, yeah, they locked down a lot. Like on Amazon, I can't get certain electronics shipped to me anymore because I'm in California. Yeah. I'm talking just like regular tablets and stuff. If it's a specific type of electronic, I can't even, when I'm looking at it on Amazon, it says we cannot ship this to your address. Um. Depending on who's listening, I I may or may not have had someone hit me up for parts for a truck they may or may not be building for their engine they may or may not have. And they may or may not have asked me to um, have them shipped to me. And then I may or may not have shipped them to him in California. Sounds a lot like self-incrimination. I said may or may not have. (laughs) Um, So after the Jixer... You had, it was a while. That was, that was the last bike for a while. Or did you get another yeah. DRZ? Cause you had something when I had my FZ. Cause I sold the ZX10 and got an FZ. And I remember you having something. Oh, well, no, he had, you got the FZ later on. He had an FZ at one point, but I, well, I don't remember now. What'd you have after the Jixer? Did you? So we had two DRZs in the garage at one point, unless I'm thinking of that older one. No, we did. Um, yeah, there was a well, because there was Cameron's. Yeah, but then um, I think I got my 450X plated that I still have. As a oh, it's that one there. I had after the G- test and mold and everything else. Um, yeah, yeah, I ended up buying that one from Brian, Uncle Brian, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, converting that one to a supermoto and getting and having it plated and then riding that one for quite a while until third gear fried in it. Oh yeah. Is That's right. The desert. Every now and then? Um 
Yes, because I converted it, the dirt setup to supermoto setup. So I would convert it back to dirt and we would take it to the desert. And that was the one Uncle Brian bought new and he would take out to the desert often until he stopped going out and I bought it from him. Yeah, I remember that bike now. So, And then after yeah. that, you got that sweet FC. Yeah, then I went up north, I don't know, near Manteca or something and bought that that grayish with the day glow fc07 that was yeah. had everything on it i mean it had all led it had the full yosh full system titanium programmer yeah that that bike was really nice that bike was, that was sweet right yeah because i had the um i had bought your fc from you cameron at that point and I was riding it, and that was that was during the time where me and well, well, me and Kyle and Tyler and Ian were riding all the time, um, yeah. all over the place. And then you you brought that out, and I remember riding that FC because I think it was a year newer or two years newer. I had yeah, it was I had the first year they came out, and then he had the next year that one that he got. Yeah, we yeah the fifteen and then he had sixteen and that full Yosh with programmer. I, I mean that thing was so much fun to ride. This FZ stock was really fun to ride, but um, yeah, with that pipe and everything, it sounded so good. That was that was a very that was a super fun bike to ride. Um, yeah, Commander added a lot of because I would ride my bike was pretty much stock because I bought it brand new, and I just using the throttle I couldn't get the front wheel up in third gear on his bike. I could just pop the throttle in third gear and I could get the front wheel up. Like it added so yeah. much power. It was, yeah. it was a whole different bike with all that stuff on it. And I wish that I had been able to do all that stuff to my bike at the time. I should never sold that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun to ride that because it didn't take much to get the front wheel off. It handled well, um, going up like 245 on all those twisties. It was a pretty fun bike. And it was still like, it was still comfortable enough to where if you hit like something in the road or anything that bike it felt way more than like, comfortable than like if you were on like the the ninja or anything like that like that bike still had good suspension to where you could take stuff like that bike you could kind of slightly go off road with it and be fine yeah yeah it had decent suspension, it was and it had a lot of a lot of its balance was more towards the front and that added to the the comfort and then the being able to take hits like the hole or something in the road without yeah. without becoming unstable. And that's why what it's kind so of, easy to throw it around. What kind of sucked about when we had them was there was still not much for them at that time. Yeah. People are still developing parts like the crash bars had to come from. Wasn't it like Ukraine or something like that? That was like the only company that had a crash bar for them. Yeah, yeah. The front crash and the the pipes, the exhausts were like twelve hundred dollars, and I mean it was still kind of expensive to uh, to do anything to them. But the, yeah, that was I, I missed that FC because it could still do one hundred and twenty. Yeah, I think mine it, right because it, it was a five or six speed. Six. It was six. It was six. Yeah, I think yeah. I topped yeah. out. It wouldn't physically go any faster than about one twenty five, and that was tucked all the way, full throttle pinned. And I, it wouldn't go any faster than that. And I still had, I don't know, I still had probably half the RPM range left. It just physically didn't have any more power than that. It was still comfortable. It was still a nice bike. I loved that bike. I wouldn't mind having one again. Yeah, I know. And I uh, cared going over 100 miles an hour wasn't that big of a deal. The thing was so comfortable and so much fun to throw around. I didn't, I didn't need to do 200 miles an hour like the Ninja. 
And then after yeah. that, you had that a, a terrible decision of a bike was that um, that Dyna. I don't remember even what, what was it a Fat Bob? No, the black one. Oh, um, oh, the wide glide. Yeah, the wide the glide. Wide the glide. one that he, I, that Chris has. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I the fingers. Black one. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's after that one. Oh, okay. That was after, yeah. So I traded the toy when everybody, when we all stopped going out to the desert and everybody just couldn't do it anymore. And everybody sold bike, you know, their dirt bikes and stuff. And the, and the toy hauler was just sitting. And I found that guy on Craigslist with it saying, I want to trade for a toy hauler. So that's how I got it. Oh, yeah. I traded the, the toy hauler. I mean, it, it was, and I didn't know I was very new to Dynas at that time. Very new. So I didn't know the difference between a wide glide versus a fat bob versus a street bob versus a super glide, you know, um, <clears throat> and the difference between the, you know, I mean, everybody that's probably listening would know the wide glide has a little bit more of a rake. So it's a chopper, more chopper style than, you know, a street bob. And that's built into the welded in the frame. So you can't change it with triple clamps or forks or anything. It's just the way that it is and the forks were wider i think is why the name yeah that bike was meant to be like a show bike it was meant to cruise to like a sh local bike night and sit there it wasn't meant for um you couldn't go through anything windy fast at all that was just a, a straight line cruise bike basically i was yeah and i mean heavy well, that's how all the Dinas are, but this one was slammed. It had those slammed burly shocks in the rear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it had all of the all of that. Um, and I wish I could remember it. They're based out of Fresno, and remember it had those knurled um, CNC grips, and then the the foot pegs and the shifter yeah. and the link and the, the linkage and everything was was uh, all based out of that fresno shop that did all that custom and it, like you said it was all it was all custom the paint yeah. everything it, it was meant to be a show bike so and i didn't have that one very long no because you, you once you went riding with us because i had just gotten my street bob kyle had his low rider uh ian had his super glide um and i don't know if you only even rode with us twice then you you came across that other the next one yeah so that leads to the next one which was a 14 street bob that was on ebay and it had a no reserve auction and it was a repo and uh i think that they had described it as no cam plate was in it so uh watching it you know and it was like a 10-day ebay auction or, or whatever the moonies grove plaza and it was starting to end and i'm like you know what it's a low price i'm just gonna put whatever it was like 4900 bucks or whatever and i ended up being highest bidder and two minutes later i won so then you guys remember it after that is i i went and picked it up and it was in turlock i think picked it up, brought it back, and it was just the pipe and the cams on the cam plate that were missing out of it. 
Oh yeah. So what it what it looked what it looked like it was somebody knew it was going to get repoed and they probably had like an S and S cam plate and an aftermarket cams put in it and probably a really nice you know thunder header or something and pulled all that off before it got repoed. And that's all that was missing. So, so I ended up, I think I ended up with tax and everything. It was like 5,200 bucks, the street Bob with what, like 27,000 miles on it. And off of eBay, I found a used cam plate with cams. And then I bought that Bassani. And so for a thousand bucks, I had a really nice bike other than taking it to, uh, Danny at that Harley shop and putting a new tire on it and having a few other things fixed. Yeah, it was a good deal so, for that bike. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have like 6,500 into it. And, you know, you couldn't touch it, however long ago that was. You couldn't touch a bike like that for less than 10. I don't so, and then, I, mean, I remember the bike. I never rode it. I don't even remember you riding it. Was I in Stockton at the time? No. Yeah. Back. No, no, you were back at that point, but you were at, I think, like Maddie's or something. And um, we were right. We we rode up to. Um, I didn't have a bike. I know that. Yeah. You know, at that point, you didn't have that because I sold the FC before. Um, well, before that. And then after that, you traded that for the 690. And then after the 690, you um, that was nothing because then you moved not even going to count that red bike because you didn't actually have it um, that you ended up passing yeah. on because it was a rust bucket. Um, and then you yeah. just pick, picked up your 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that red one you were talking about, which was a 13 Street Bob. Yeah, it was never mine. I never owned it. Um, and then, yeah, so like you were saying, I saw that bike had been looking and uh, reached out to the guy and he came down on the, the price just enough. And I thought it looked like a good deal. And then I saw, I saw the video. He was like in shorts. He had, I don't remember what sound effect it was on it, but he was wearing like short shorts and whatever. And it was the same bike. So I went over there and checked it out and, Ended up bringing it home, and that was Friday. Have you ridden it yet, besides when you test rode it? I have not. No. No, I was going to. I thought about doing that today, but then when I woke up feeling like I might have COVID, which I still think I might, um, I didn't do anything today. Yeah, he may or may not have COVID right now. I yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'm by myself and it's just the dogs. So after, so you have that bike, got, got to get that one and ride it around here. Um, and then let's also something kind of want to mention is you raced micro sprints for a couple of years. Not really bike related, but race dirt tracks. Some people may not know what a micro sprint is. Um, but most of you guys should know what a sprint car is. If you don't, then you need you need to get some shit together because sprint cars, World of Outlaws, USAC 410 wingless, I mean, that is just some of the most badass shit to watch. But a micro sprint is 
of small sprint car that runs a 600 was it suzuki or yamaha was the two motors or no kawasaki the 636s were being ran too right yeah yeah it just depended and it was very um um based on the map i mean the 636s were popular in some places where the r6 was popular in some places um most of california all the tracks that we ran the r6 was the, the motor of choice in the cars yeah, that was a lot of fun. I missed the mini sprint races, but um, if anybody is, I have a lot of people, a lot of followers, a lot of people who listen from California. If you have not been to a, a, a micro, Cameron put that in big words, micro sprint racers uh, or races, look them up, look up a local track. There's all kinds of there on, you know, the West Coast, huge on the West Coast. Got to go watch them. They're so much fun to, to watch. They're badass when they start up and get going. Um, yeah, you know, if you like open your because micro and mini are different. I don't. Right. Yeah. Either micro way. micro sprints. And it depends on who you talk to. Micro sprints to me were always 600s and mini sprints were always like the, the 1000s, 1100s. Um, it just depends on who you talk to. But yeah, I mean, any of you, any of the, the listeners, if they're in the central Valley between Bakersfield all the way up to Stockton, I mean, you got, Lemoore Raceway, Plaza Park Raceway, uh, Delta, which is at the Stockton Fairgrounds, and then um, Dixon Speedway. If you're anywhere near those, I, I'd highly recommend going and supporting that track and watching watching them. They're they're a ton of fun, and I I miss it all the time. They don't have anything like that out here in Alabama. It's all fendered stuff or dirt late model. Yeah, even the Harley scene's just different out here. It's just, but yeah, those. Those were a, fun, a ton of fun to watch. And you raced them, what, four years? Three, four years? Yeah, I think it was four years because, you know, I ran that that uh, PMP chassis, which was the first one I got. Um, and I learned pretty quick that that just wasn't a competitive car, uh, regardless of the motors or the shock you had in it. And then I uh, think I raced it part of the next season, and then I upgraded to that like one year old pace chassis. And then I had, um, Harry Badakian do the rest of the motor that you could get away with and still be legal. Um, and that's when, uh, you guys, I think yeah, that's when Cameron was up in Stockton at that point. Was that because he didn't really, was that the one, the one with the white body? The first time you raced it was a California speed week and you did a, triple somersault down the front stretch no that was the, th the third one the second one is the one that you designed uh the wrap on it and i put it on Ooh, yeah with the that was the flag and all that right the black one with with all of that and i went out and immediately went from running mid-pack to qualifying you know within three or four five of the top five and then i won the heat race that year running against you know hamlin uh, past USAC non-wing champion and TJ and JJ Ringo. He runs big 360s and 410s now. Um, and uh, that, yeah, that car was just night and day between the, the PMP. And the PMPs were always good. It's just they hit that year where I guess they did uh, a couple of changes, tried some geometry things, and the, that 08, 09 years didn't work. 
Yeah, so I then I there were some people that were that did good and then they bought new cars and it was some of those PMPs. They used them, they sucked, and then all of a sudden everybody was like getting rid of their that year PMPs and then everybody was buying paces and then drivens. Yeah, pace and 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 D one. Um but yeah, and that, I didn't know that until, you know, people started going, oh, yeah, what year is that? Oh, yeah, that's the ones that had a really hard time uh, coming off the turn. And that's exactly what I would do. And I would I was always loose coming off the turn trying to go down the stretch and I could just never get any forward bite. I remember that. So and then time, I don't remember if it was Plaza or Lamar, but there was one time you were struggling with that. And I think we tied the shit down out of the left rear just to try to get the thing to put weight on it to drive off and it didn't it didn't make a difference like we had the shock all the way tied down and it didn't it didn't do anything right yeah we couldn't drive off the turns at all with that car it was just really hard i even went and got what uh infinity shocks at that time you know high dollar you got shocks and brand new tires and it didn't make a difference no i i just couldn't do anything with it and then and then like i said i i found that deal uh with the car um and I don't remember that family's name. Um, now they came from like Canada and were racing like mini late models, micros, um, uh, outlaw carts and that whole works. Um, and I bought it. it was, he didn't even run it part of the year. So it was all brand new stuff. And I bought it for, I got him for a good deal. Got it, had Badaki and do the motor stuff. I put those infinities on that. And I mean, whole different car yeah I'm, whole different car i remember that car so that was when after i came back from stockton and i got back into the photo- photography and i went with you and jimmy that one year and we hit all four tracks yeah with all four tracks and that was with the white so i i sold that one because i said i was done main reason was the cost it was just Costing a ton. And I got to a point where I was starting to use like credit cards to just be able to race. And I said, I can't do that anymore. <clears throat> and I found that. And I don't remember his name either. The road course guy that ran like, like, uh, for big name road course. Oh yeah. 24. He moved that. from Florida his wife took some biochemistry job up in the Bay area. He moved from Florida up, up there somewhere. And he was the one that was, when I listed everything, he was the one that was interested in it. He drove down, looked at it all and said that he wanted it and asked, uh, if I gave full asking price, if I could deliver it up to him, trailer, race car, all the spare parts, everything. And, uh, that's who I sold it to. And actually, I, you know, I don't think he raced it very often. And I know when he did and I was watching him, he didn't have much success. Um, although yeah. he, he may have at Thunder. Dixon, I think. I think you told me or you showed me a video or something and he just tore it up. Yeah, I yeah, thought he, I think, he wrecked it to where that car was done. Like I bent the chair. I'm pretty sure. Sh- yeah, I think so. I think maybe in Dixon. I think that's where that what happened. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, and then it was that one. I said I was done and I couldn't stay away. And then I bought that uh, other pace, the white one, 
with the black. Oh, that was a pace too. I thought it was a driven for some reason. Yeah, no, that was a pace as well. That came from out in Lemoore. And um, it was with a motor. It was pretty much a complete car, but it was a restricted motor with just the restrictors out of it. And uh, it was a really good deal to get it. They were getting out because they were moving up to uh, moving up to big cars, 360s and 410s. So, yeah, then that's the one where, yeah, we did the King of California where we raced Friday and Saturday at Plaza Lamore, Friday, Saturday, the next month at Delta Dixon. And then I, I didn't junk that car, but, yeah, I did like a four roll rolls on that going into turn one when I had a right rear fed to me. That was like four yeah. laps into the main or something. Yeah, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't much because the, the green flag dropped and I was around mid pack and like all the leaders got all bound up and we had to restart. Yeah. And the, and then we yeah, it was like maybe four or five laps in. And then I said it was uh, the right rear came up and caught my left front and nothing you can do after that except for hold on yeah i think i remember that because i was standing right there at the track entrance and i think the guy you were you were in the middle because there was somebody that got drive up high and they were going around you so you were holding your lane and then this idiot just decided oh i'm gonna dive bomb down into the corner and i think he almost hit the tractor tire and so he had to correct and that's the reason he got into you yeah tj was back there too because he was one of those that was caught in that that uh green flag yeah traffic jam and he and he, he ended up stopping and a couple of others too and so he had to come to the back and he was he was right there next to me because i remember him talking to him because he saw it um yeah yeah so you were you were there and then yeah i remember walking off the track and having like jj ringo and shaggy and I, several other people asked me if i was all right because they said that it looked like it hit pretty hard. Yeah, the, I heard the first one. When you bounce off the track the first time, I heard the chain. I heard the shocks. I heard body panels rattle off, over the motors. I heard it rattle off of everything before it settled down and then rolled a few more times. Yeah, yeah. No, that one bent the front axle, the rear axle, wheels. Didn't bend any shocks. I don't know how you didn't bend the shock with the way it bounced. Yes. No idea how that didn't happen. Yeah, I was glad because, like I said, those were infinities and those aren't cheap. So, uh, yeah, but we were done because remember the next night we were supposed to run Delta in Stockton. And so we just we just left the car in the trailer. Um, Jimmy ended up like blowing his motor up. So he couldn't run the next night either, remember? But they wanted to stay and watch Delta the next night and so we drove and didn't even get home until like four o'clock in the morning we just said screw it we're gonna drive i remember that so because we were there was something going on wasn't there i want to say there was something going on and we were gonna miss it because of the race and then that happened and we were like screw it let's just go it was some i don't know it was like a family event or something yeah yeah i think you're i think you're right yeah and then the next time we went up there we did we did pretty well at dixon and then the next night at Delta, remember in the heat race, that guy looped it right in front of me and I just T-boned him and it snapped my uh, torsion bar right in half, my right front. 
because you were taking pictures. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember they had to put it on the trailer because it broke the torsion bar, it broke the shock, and, and the frame. Where the torsion bar goes in, it just snapped it right in half. I remember somebody else... Somebody else that I had talked to, they parked in there next to you, and I think they looked at it and they went, what the fuck? They were like, what the hell happened? And then I think you were standing there and you told him. Because I think he was like, I've never seen that happen before. Yeah, I was pissed because he was all by himself. It was just a heat race. And he just looped it just all by himself. And I had nowhere to go because I was down low. And he was up high and kind of just went into my lane. Yeah, Delta's pretty big, so, we were, so it, it doesn't, when people loop like that, unless they get right on the brakes, they always go to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the last, the last one. After that, I didn't, didn't race anymore. Well, then, so yeah. micro, you went from micro sprints, got rid of that, eventually moved left California, got here. Now you have your Harley and, um, so to start really getting into this, you were single dad for a long time, had four children, you know, one of them perfection, me, three other kind of dropped the ball. Um, one you really dropped the ball with. And then, um, yeah, not you, Cameron. No, I know. But we all know. We all know. We all know. And then, um, so going through that, and then I think this was... Cameron's question? Cameron, you had to have typed this one in. Which one? Uh, right below micro sprint racing. Oh, yeah. So, like, because you, I mean, you were a young first time dad. You were like 22, 21? When you uh, yeah, when you guys were 22, when you guys were born. Yeah, and then yeah. there was what, 18, 19? For legal reasons, yes. <laughs> she was. She was 18 when you were born. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so you guys, I don't remember how long you guys were married. It was what? 11 years. Uh, it was, yeah, it was like 12, right? About 13 years. Yeah. So like I put in there just because it was something I remember just cause I'm old enough to remember most of it, but like parents, people that have parents, people that have kids, and the kids are old enough to kind of know what's going on, but like tips for those parents, like if the inevitable happens, you know, and they try not to obviously, but if a divorce happens, like what would you tell those dads about? Cause from, obviously you don't know from mother's point of view, but from your point of view for them, like, and this doesn't need to be like a Dr. Phil session, but you know what I mean? Oh, I, I don't know. It's kind of working out for Dr. <laughs> Phil. So I wouldn't mind that. I yeah, mean, that's not I like mean, his bank account's small. <laughs> yeah i was thinking oprah or something i was just thinking about it Uh, i remember going through a lot of that from both sides i remember a lot of crap being a kid not understanding what was going on and then going through different things and receiving not receiving but you know what i mean different getting talked to and having different points of view from my mom and then from my dad not understanding it wholly and now being 30 something years old you know i remember a lot of it and so i was just thinking like if you went through that again with somebody that was doing that, like, what would you tell them? Yeah, because this is it, it, I have a lot of guys come forward on here. Um, Listener wise or not um, that are either going or have gone or um, 
seems like when you get a Harley, the chances of divorce just shoot up. It, it <laughs> just kind of seems like a thing. So it, it, either someone who, no matter what, it, it, even if they're sitting here saying it's not going to happen, it may happen, it's about to happen, it's happening, or they already, you know, it's already happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you get down to stats, I mean, it's basically one out of every two. You got a 50-50 chance uh, of getting a divorce, right? I mean, you know, that's just statistics. And it seems to be getting kind of worse, you know. Um, You know, if I were to tell any of them is continue to be, if as long as you were a a good dad or thought, you know, you were a good dad and you continue to be the same person that you were before. Um, meaning like, uh, however you disciplined and, and, and what you let them get away with and that type of thing. And then another thing that I think that I can't stress enough that I know I was horrible at is keep your mouth shut about the other parent. What? Just, just (laughs) shut up because right. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I know that, you know, and my experience of being only married once and divorced once it was both sides, you know, doing that. So it just, nobody wins with that so you just no matter what you feel uh just keep it to yourself or or um you know talk with your your adult friends about it but just leave the kids out of it and continue to just try to do what you can do i know you know from experience that it's depending on the type of people both parents are it can there's been some that have gone really smooth. They co-parent well. They don't really change anything. And sometimes, you know, a, one or both parents completely change. And then if they were completely different than they were when they were parenting together. Um, and I don't, I, I think that's not a good thing. I, I, I think if you, you know, you had your uh, head on straight and, you know, you were doing what you thought to be a good parent continue to stay that way um and if you become a co-parent if you become a co-parent i can't i can't don't do the stupid t-shirts i swear to god have you guys seen that crap the people that'll have like a little kid that is in football and so both like mom and dad plus stepmom and dad have their last names are like mom dad dad stepmom oh god and they're all standing and yeah don't don't do that i i it's just you're just trying to pull attention to something nobody gives a shit about like congrats you're co-parenting and you're doing it well don't make t-shirts when, oh yeah right <laughs> you don't have to be like just because you guys are all co-parenting the same kid you don't have to be buddies you don't have to get yeah. along just don't be assholes and you know if you got to stay away from each other stay away from each other but you don't have to sit there and pretend to the world that oh we're all buddy 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 and you know that my ex used to you know screw the person over here and this person used to screw the person i'm dating now that kind of crap like what what's the point yeah i've seen that and it's just uh let's just not be making t-shirts or stickers and stuff i just 
it's weird. It seems like just for attention, co-parenting, cool. But don't need to be posted at football games. <laughs> I didn't. Because there's, yeah. there's literally a couple in that stands that are probably getting divorced later that night because of what the dad or mom is yelling at someone later on. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's weird. So you were, you know, the divorce happened um, and you became basically a single dad to four kids. And we basically lived two different, um, you know, we were back and forth. And at your house, it was dirt bikes and everything. And then, you know, at mothers, it was horses and stuff like that. So what was it like raising three to four kids. I mean, three of us pretty much heavy into dirt bikes and quads. Um, Kind of like what, what was it like having three kids that we were all riding? We all raced at one point. Um, You guys know who I'm leaving out just because she, she was more into the horses kind of thing. Um, what was it like being a parent having, you know, three kids that we were all on dirt bikes at one point, um, all on quads, we all raced. Uh, what was that like? Uh, yeah, yeah. So after the divorce and we started going out to uh, the desert, and of course I had been on dirt two wheels since, since I was pretty young. Um, my first Kawasaki KDX 100. I was 13. I got it for my 13th birthday. So two wheels. I've always wanted to be on. I always liked dirt bikes. Here comes the divorce. Um, that kind of goes away and happens. You guys are with me a week with mom a week and we start going out to the desert and, and getting bikes and everything. And um, I, I guess at the time I didn't think about if one of them, one of you guys were going to be into it, if all four of you were going to be into it, um, just based on your personalities, the three that were into it made sense to me. And the one that wasn't made sense, you know, um, I'm gonna was play just that back not, for, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to play that back for her. And she's going to take that as an insult. What does that yeah. mean? No, I mean, she just was, she was into her fashion. She was into, you know, I, I mean, at one point she wasn't really even, that into horses she yeah. was more into fashion that was all yeah. about fashion i mean she wanted to go to the fashion college down in la and and that whole works um and she talks about that too on 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 her page where you know her mom kind of steered her and and the direction that she's gone now and i mean it's done well because you know look at what she's she's doing and that's fine you do remember she went out a couple of times i want to say she went out with um uh what was that gal macintosh Catherine. Catherine. they yeah. they went out and stayed with us once and we got marky to ride the quads i think that's at the time we had the ltr 450s yeah because there's and, and, both of them on the yellow yours and cameron's uh, yeah so yeah they they rode it and, and kind of learned how to do it but it was just not something marky was too into she was more into um the social part of it you know, like, cause she went out that one time we had the biggest camp ever in that cul-de-sac and there was probably 12 or 14 trailers and motorhomes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it she came like out that. with Corbin also. 
yeah, she did come out after she's with Dayton Corbin because he was into it. But um, yeah, no, it was actually, you know, as far as it, you three, it was it was just it was cool something that we could all do we all love to do it um and and all your listeners that again are from california that are familiar with cal city you know that's where we went three four times a year um sometimes we only spent three days and sometimes we spent five six days um so those are great i mean those are great memories it just I really, I really miss Seth and I have talked this about this before. Miss going out to the desert. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it was just, it just really miss it. You know, with like with all around now and Ellie around now, I mean, you know, it'd be something that would be cool if we could do that again. Cause they both, I think the way Ellie is and, and Abel would love to be riding out there. Oh yeah. Ellie would love it. Cause she likes yeah. like, um, uh, you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but like right outside, this apartment across the street, there's a big parking lot. Um, yeah, the county, yeah. the county building right there. Yeah. So there's times where like if she's in the car and we're coming home, I'll park in there and I'll put her on my lap and she, we tell her, OK, drive, drive. And I'll just let my foot off the brake and, you know, coast at two miles an hour. And she grabs the wheel and she's doing this and she's just steering like she mm -hmm. absolutely loves it. So if we took her to the desert and put her like in a side by side or something or like a little like those little go-karts, you know, that's like a lawnmower engine. She would, she would lose her shit. She would absolutely love doing stuff like that. I'd let yeah. Abel drive my truck every now and then from here to mother's. And he likes to sit there and hold it and then just yank it one way. And so I have to, I've learned to keep my hands kind of there on the steering wheel because the road's not very big and the tundra is big. And so, um, there's been a few moments where, um, he might've learned a new cuss word or not, but, uh, he, um, letting him drive is, Huh? Yeah, I was gonna say you're a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was uh, that. That's an inside joke. Yes, it is. I told my son he doesn't speak perfectly right now. He there's words that are hard to understand, and there's one day where I just said, "You're being a pain in the ass," or "You're a pain in the ass," and as clear as day. And he's never said words so clear. He says it right back. You're a pain in the ass. <laughs> and so that's he's picked up some words from me but yeah he didn't was, say that while he was over here i wanted to hear that he's only said uh, it that one time and it was clear as day everybody heard it in the house i mean it was he just he per pronounced it perfectly i mean with the tone and everything he he had it down so um and we, we think we've caught a few other words in there but i blame ashley for those but back to the topic uh you had all of us riding we all rode out at the desert um for years a long time pretty much we got lucky we avoided injury i mean i think you're the only one that i think you you broke your collarbone out there is that where you broke your collarbone? uh no that was at the reservoir in tulare oh, oh. Yeah. um yeah it was just uncle brian and i out there and i had, i don't remember what i had at the time but he had just bought the 450X that I still have. He bought a brand new off the showroom. And I was riding it out there and I caught a rut and it drove me into my right shoulder. But I mean, other than that, out at the desert, we didn't really have, you know, we, what'd you do? Uh, Sprained my wrist, almost broke it, remember? On the LTR. No? Yeah, I was jumping a road 
and I overshot it just a little bit and landed on the front, landed on the front wheels. And so all of my weight transferred to my wrists. And because, you know, the thumb throttle is on the right, I wasn't as braced with that wrist. And so it bent backwards and my fingers just about touched my forearm. I used to be able to actually touch my fingers to my forearm. I can't with this. This is as far as I can go now. And so when I landed, it shot off the bar and bent all the way. And so when we went and got the x-ray, the guy was like, you hyperextended it quite a you. I mean, you sprained it. You almost broke it. That happened. I don't remember. I don't know where, when that was. I can't remember. I just remember it was on the LTR. That's all I remember. I remember you kind of hurting yourself, but I thought it was you. It was your thumb. It was because after crazy. you broke your thumb. Well, I, no, I remember you breaking your thumb during racing, but I thought that time was your thumb. You irritated your thumb again. I didn't think you did. I think to your wrist. No, I completely sprained my wrist and I had to go get it set in a this weird removable cast for like a month, I think, before I could take leave the cast off. Well, other than you breaking your thumb while racing, that was pretty much the only injury, right? Between all three of us. Um, uh, well, well, I went down at the Tulare track and remember you guys you guys were both there when i went down in the whoop section and jacked my left leg up pretty good yeah you drove it right into that like the last whoop or something and i had to there that night cameron you off the track yeah cameron was there yeah i I had i picked you up and took you to the trailer correct and then we didn't have a trailer out there that night somebody else picked up your bike you had the kx 250 yeah, that was my first time riding it. Cameron, you rode the Suzuki 450 out there, and you also went down right when I went down, I think. It was an evening practice at the Tulare track. I vaguely um, remember being there. I don't remember yeah. being there, though, but I do remember being there now. Yeah, it was the first time I rode that KX. I was 120 pounds. I was a freshman in high school, and uh, that 250 was, I mean, it had some, uh, it, it that was a fun bike. It had some power to it. And, um, I remember we went out there and we were, um, dumb because the first session we went out was with the pro expert class. Um, oh, okay. and then last lineups and we, yeah, I got black flagged off the track. Cause the guy was like, this is not your class. I was like, you have no shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I and then that. I started getting more comfortable and that was the first night they had had the super cross style whoop section and not a very long one. But man, those things were a pain in the ass. And I remember coming off the corner with arm pump and I was just, I, I was getting through them fine. And then my back end just kicked out and it, the face of the last whoop and the bike had my left leg in between and just slammed it. And I mean, it put me on the ground. I mean, that, that I like, he had to carry me off the track that night. Um, didn't break anything. Went to the doctor the next day because I couldn't put any weight on it. He just said that I bruised my femur. Jesus, I don't remember okay. that. Yeah, that that was that was very painful. That was not a that was not a fun night. But I mean, other than that, we didn't really have any. Like, you know, we didn't really have any hospital trips. I mean, um, we had people in our family that had way worse situations out there. But for the most part, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, we had some crashes, but we didn't have anything major out there. Mm-mm. No, for all the years that we went um, and how often we went every year, just, you know, just the little fallovers and stuff. I think one of yours, Seth, that 
I thought you were going to be hurt worse is when you were riding off the side trail and there was a big gap you didn't realize was there. Oh, the gap. You mean the ditch? The ditch. Yeah. Big, yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't. Yeah. And I was on the road trying to wave at him and it was, he was, it was too late. I thought it was a weird time for you to say hi to me. So <laughs> yeah, that was, um, and then the funniest thing was I remember trying to bunny hop it. Like I tried to like put some weight into it and I was like, you know, this is going to be way it. If I nosedive this thing, it's hospital trip. If I case it, I'm going to have some chance of. Yeah. It, yeah. And yeah. Like you said, Cameron, he broke his thumb and that was it. Um, it was a Carruthers, wasn't it? Yep. That was a Carruthers oval track. Yeah. That we were just doing oval that day. Um, you won your heat race and, I think that other guy screwed you up. Yeah, I missed the shift going to second. And then that other idiot that everybody had issues with. Um, I pulled up alongside him going down the backstretch, like enough to get in front of him. He knew I was there and he absolutely chopped me into the tractor tire. And that he did me over. That was my yeah. first night racing. I remember being right behind you guys when that happened. I was. Pissed. Oh, that's right. You're running the inside. He dove on the hell out of you. Yeah, I, there was no reason for him to do it. He just Damn. there was he didn't stand a chance, and he knew that if he didn't cut me off, I was gonna because I blew him away in the heat. I was half a track ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, because we brought the the Honda four hundred, and they wouldn't let us use it because of a kill switch. So I just said, Seth, you use the four fifty. I'm gonna move to intermediate. Yeah, and then remember, I led I led every lap in the intermediate with two experts in it until the last turn of the last lap. And um, what's his name? Batista got around me on the last lap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the, la on the last turn, actually, he, he got around me. But, I mean, he was on my ass the whole time, and he had passed me. I just dove bomb. You know, he tried to um, slide job, but then I hit the brakes and then dove under him and uh, got back on him. And it was just I made a mistake on that last one. and. He got me and it didn't matter. I still got first because he was an expert. They only had two of them and there was like six, five or six intermediates. Oh, and that was my first time yeah. being an intermediate. So I still got first because that's how they awarded it. They just wanted to put some experts in with other bikes. So yeah. Other yeah. Than that, yeah I mean, other, other than that one, Memorial Day trip where I changed all that. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was, it, I I know Faith, Faith, like she, we have the, the popular video of her falling off when she wrecked her, whatever that Polaris was, was that a 200? No, that was a, a 90. I think. Oh no, you're right. That was yeah, the bigger yeah, that one. That was like a 200. The pink one. It was like a 200. Yeah, yeah that quad was. I mean, it was fine because it was a it, it it was a single gear, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. It was just push the gas and go. Yeah. Yeah. And she that popular video of the GoPro facing her, and she tipped over, and she just fell off, and the quad kept rolling into the bush. But that was. That was hilarious. But other than that, no, we didn't have anything. And I think I think it I think we can accredit that to we just didn't do, you know, stupid shit out there. Um, 
I think we can all agree that there were some people that we camped with, um, especially the one major one that involved uh, alcohol. And, um, you know, we just didn't do shit like that. We rode, you know, we still rode fast and fun and you had our, had our, um, you know, did that, but we, we didn't, we didn't ride stupid, um, or we didn't do stupid shit out there. Um, we didn't ride so far out of our skill level that would cause things like that to happen. We left our comfort level every now and then, but we didn't go outside of our skill level to where it ended up being, you know, a hospital trip. Yeah, and we just and we just thought about it. I just yeah, I I feel like a lot of accidents and stuff. Like some of them are pure accidents out there, especially out there. I mean, there's some things that just you you can't control. But then there's a lot of stories that people are just idiots. But um, but you know, going going through that. So if you were, um, if you had a parent or a dad or a mom or anybody come up and ask you, hey, I have you know, one to shit you get moto sarge on here 13 children um and they want to um you know they want to uh have ask you for advice on hey what what are some tips or things to know um things to look out for things that you know are going to happen having kids that are into dirt bikes and then eventually getting into street bikes because you know all three of us um all road out you know have all ridden and still do faith still rides she has her her bikes she had her street bike cameron had his fc he'll probably have one i've ridden for years um any advice tips or anything like to prepare for when you have kids that ride well i think like you said going to the desert you guys were all on bikes five years old, five, six years old. Um, and everything that you were on first was dirt bikes. So, I mean, you know, the, the little XR 50, which is now CRF 50, the limb 50, or if you remember that Seth, your little two stroke Mm -hmm. LEM 50, um, you know, the TTRs and all that stuff. I mean, I would highly recommend any parent that, is thinking about getting their kid into bikes as you definitely do dirt bikes first. I mean, you definitely do um, that and get them comfortable on, at that level and keep them within their skill level. Like you had said, you know, you just at some kids, you know, we've all seen them. They're just, they just have no fear. Um, and, uh, being the parent, you know, you know, your kid and you know, if it's going to be that one, that's, he's going to be real timid and anybody still wants to do it. Or he's like just full throttle and I'm going to take off and I don't care. Um, but yeah, you know, just definitely encourage it too. And, and, uh, just let it happen. They're going to fall. They're going to try and get hurt. But that's like you guys said, nobody ever got hurt, hurt. It was just, scratched or bruised or you know whatever um as many times as you guys did little little fallovers yeah and when you know going from the dirt to the streets um you know i feel like the 
the the risk gets higher uh definitely moving to street um and you know you had all three of us riding i we like i said we all do um what would advice you'd give to any parents out there, especially now that we're, you know, we're older, both pretty much all of us started writing once we're out of the house for the most part um, there for a few years, we were still in the house, but um, like what any advice that way. Yeah. If they make a, a transition, they stay on two wheels. They, you go to the street. It, it's, it's the same thing. It's using your head, staying within your skill level. Um, and, and like you said, once you get onto the street and now you've got cars and trucks and animals and just other obstacles that are going to be there is just being smart about it. Um, you know, we've all seen those dang videos where somebody on whatever kind of bike, no matter what it is, they're just riding way too fast and they're just not going to be able to react no matter how good of a rider they are. If somebody turns right in front of them. Um, but, um, yeah, transition to, to the street is the same deal. Ride with them. Kind of like I, I rode with you guys. I remember, I think pretty much all your first time riding, we rode together on something. Yeah. My you know? first street legal ride, um, besides the stupid class was, uh, I, we rode to the, um, farmer's market where Ernie and them had the setup. I rode the WR, but you, I, I don't remember what you rode that night. Maybe the DRZ. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. That was my first street legal ride uh, from the class was on that. The WR. Yeah. 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 Just with that street deal, it's, it's just a lot more, a lot more scary because, you know, again, Oh, and then like here in Alabama, you know, I was here th three months and I, a deer ran out in front of me in the Jeep, mm -hmm. you know, thank God I was in a Jeep with, with a aftermarket quarter inch steel bumper with a winch. Cause it didn't do anything to it. But you know, that's my fear being out here in the woods. Like I am in Alabama riding now is I'm going to have to be, a, pay a lot more attention, a lot more and probably ride slower than I would want to especially since everything is all twisty out, you know, out here um, just because you just don't know. And like I learned then, you know, I caught, I watched the one go across and missed me and there's always a second one, you know, or a third one. So, um, you know, but if you're in an area like, you know, we were in central California, you don't have, you know, you have dogs, you have coyotes and you just have people that don't see a, full-size truck, let alone a small bike. Um, and just you know, pay attention. Yeah. Let them do it. When we, now, when we talk to dirt bike wise and quad wise, we, we avoided major injury. Um, once we got to street bikes, the youngest decided to take the cake on injury. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Because I, I haven't crashed yet. Knock on wood. That was a little loud. Um, and Cameron, have you crashed on a on the street? No, no, I've never. Um, the only time I've ever dropped a bike was the FZ, and that was because I was in a parking lot. I don't remember exactly. I was in a parking lot. Somebody almost backed into me. 
And so it kind of, I had to just react and I ended up dropping it. But I didn't do it. Well, we can see where Faith got her genetics from. Father, how about you? Yes. I um, was coming down. Let's see. We went up 245 and we're coming down Big Creek from Mountain House. And I was on Cameron's DRZ 400. And I high sided. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, with Cor- Corbin and Kevin. And um, that was at a point where I was still very new to street riding as far as having a lot of experience because there had been a long time that we didn't have any bikes. And that was one of the first bikes. We went down to like Long Beach and picked that one up. And I don't remember what Cameron was doing that day, but was invited to ride with him. So I took the supermoto and I had never been down dry Creek. And it was that point where it was just a, a 180 degree turn. And I was trying to catch up to both of them and uh, saw the curve and it was too late. I was locking up the rear brake and not pulling enough front. And then uh, once I let go of the rear brake, it high sided. So, yeah, I remember the phone call you gave you you called me later on that day and um you were like yeah I went down on the DRZ and uh, you're like I'm I'm thinking um what did you you said to me I was at Chris's I remember the phone call because me and Ian went over Chris's and you're like yeah I wrecked I'm fine he goes I, I don't you're like I don't know if I need to go to the doctor or not you know um and you said something about it's kind of it's kind of warm for being March, and I sat there and I was like, "Yeah, you need to go in. It's May." Didn't Jessica take you? I think you were no Sarah. Sarah them. Oh, yeah, Sarah, yeah, I was. Yeah. But you yeah, had your month. Sarah at the time. You had your month very wrong. You're like, "Yeah, it's kind of warm for March," and I was just like, "Yeah, it's May," that's, and you're like, "It's not March." Yeah, you're like. <laughs> Yeah, I probably need to go in, and I'm sitting there going, "Yeah." And then you you found out that you were knocked out, right? Yeah, at that point I didn't know it, but yeah, and because Corbin and Kevin they saw it because they got around the other curve and they were looking up and they saw me go flying. And I, to this day, I still swear that I picked up the bike, but Corbin's like, "Yeah, no, you were out." He picked up the bike, and then then I finally stood up and went and on the side, and I had that. Um, what do you what do you call it? You kind of nauseous feeling when you get a concussion. Mm-hmm. I was nauseous and everything, but I'm like, we were, you know, that's forty five minutes from town up there, and from anything, you know, when you're up on Dry Creek, there was nothing up there. Yeah. So I'm like, nope, give me a few minutes, I'll ride back. So I, you know, I rode back, which may not have been the smartest thing to do, and made it back to um, Corbin's, and then they took me by car to the clinic and Sarah met there. And then, yeah, I got checked out and they said, yeah, you just probably got a mild concussion and you're fine. So that was, that was my time on the street. You know what? Which we, um, I got to interrupt because we forgot about a hospital trip from the desert. Oh yeah. Well, I, yeah, I had mentioned, I had mentioned that. No, I did not hear you. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, the Memorial Day. Yeah, that's why it said Memorial Day. So, so the the point of this this the story is um, don't cheap out on helmets. 
Um, because if you had had a much nicer helmet, you probably still would have been concussed, but you wouldn't have been so annoying. <laughs> Jesus. That was, the, oh my God, dude, that was a terrible, I mean, it just ruined my one vacation. Two would not shut up. I just, what happened? I run out of talent. Five minutes later, what happened? I run out of talent. I mean, hours of that. So we did have one hospital trip. Wasn't really needed once we found out, but um, yeah, I, I completely yeah. forgot about that. Because I was about, I was getting in my car to go back to Stockton. I think grandma called me because mm-hmm. I was down here visiting and she called me and I was like, great. I don't know if I should go back or not because I don't know what's going to happen. And that I think you called me and you were like, no, he's fine. Don't worry about it. And then I left. Yeah, because the Indian, the, the Indianapolis 500 was the next day and he said it 20,000 times. Oh, we need to get home. Indianapolis 500 is on tomorrow. And I just but yeah, that was a that was just kind of freak accident of you hadn't hit that jump yet. You hit it. It kicked your rear end up. Uh, me, Kyle, and Ashley had front row seats to that. And then once you landed on the other side, all we saw was spike in your feet. So we figured it probably wasn't going to be great. But um, you ended up having a major concussion off that one. Um, which that was just, like I said, cheap helmet. Yeah, cheap helmet. The way I hit, I mean, it, you know, we've talked about it before. It was serious enough that I don't remember anything going to bed that Friday night uh, prior to going, driving two and a half hours out to the desert. I remember going to bed, and then I remember sitting on the chair watching the middle of the Indy 500. I don't remember anything between. So I, it was a severe hit to not to not remember any of that. Um, you know, and that's the thing, too. Like you said, I was on a new bike. That's the first time I'd ridden that KX450 that I bought. Um, hitting a jump that we've hit hundreds of times at that campsite, but just a different bike, you know, um, maybe I think you or Kyle said it looked like somebody had maybe shoveled out a kicker into it. Yeah. They dug out the top for whatever reason. It was, it was stupid. And we, we both talked about telling you it and we didn't because we both hit it weird. Um, because yeah, for whatever reason, someone like dug a, a hole right at the top of it. And I, I don't know if it was just little kids that just didn't know what they were doing. It, it made no sense. There was no, no positive outcome of what they did because you just went from normal jump dip. And then, so when you hit that, I mean, you're just your rear tire. Uh, I just, it didn't make sense to me why somebody did that, but yeah, it just threw it over. But yeah, so, um, that was, I guess the most scary thing that we'd ever had happen you know as far as that goes because go ahead the other thing to prepare for um which we didn't really have them but if if you have kids in like i i'm i already know once abel starts riding or anything the other thing you got to prepare for is you're gonna break stuff either on the bike on the quad you know yeah, on the kid, but you know, part wise, you, you got to understand that shit happens. Um, we broke levers. I mean, um, I think there's the one time you had my bike up and you're fixing something in that desert. The Cal City wind came over and knocked it over, broke a lever. You know, there's twenty bucks. Um, and I think it was a brand new lever that broke on that that TTR one one ten or whatever that one twenty five. Right. 
um, my KX, I broke it, and then we ended up just taking a sander and smoothing it out and shorty levers instead of paying $400 for the custom ones we just made our own. Um, I think on the 400, we broke, there was something that broke in on the front ends um, and the steering. The TRX? Was, was it, or was that Justin's quad that broke when you guys hit each other? Uh, no, his was fine because his was that old like Yamaha. Mine, it bent the the A arms on the front. Yeah, that's what it did. So him somehow survived, but the A arms both kind of bent. Yeah, like yeah. anything like that, you gotta you gotta prepare that something's gonna break. I mean, whether the person's riding stupid or not. I mean, I rolled I rolled the quad the one time and just kind of bent the bar. I mean. You got to prepare to pay for stuff like that, because no matter what, unless your kid is riding first gear, slow everywhere, I mean, shit happens. You break stuff. Um, and then the other thing you do have to prepare for is doctor or hospital visits, because, yeah, we got lucky for the most part. But I mean, it, you you could have one one arm snap out there and that could be a very expensive trip. So you do have to prepare for one, seeing your kid break something. Um and you know to paying for it later on um and the one biggest thing which pisses me off because i run into so many parents and have people that are close to someone i am legally entangled to um kind of brag about oh yeah i went out and bought my kid this 20 dollars helmet he doesn't need anything more do not cheap the hell out on gear i i get like jerseys and pants but if it is helmet chest protector boots do not cheap out. Do not go to Walmart. Do not buy some Chinese knockoff shit off Amazon. Buy something that has good reviews because it's your damn child. Helmet is the biggest thing. Do not go out and buy a Walmart bicycle helmet and think your kid is okay on a quad or a dirt bike with it. Unless it's not your favorite kid. That explains faith. <laughs> <laughs> i just i at first a long a while ago like i never thought about it but once you know we started getting into this stuff i started looking at motocross more and we started riding more like i will not go and buy the 110 dollar helmet off the cycle gear you know shelf like they're built i will never buy anything built and even though i pissed off a cycle gear employee the one time he's like we've had people tell us you know they're they wrecked and it's like great that that kid was probably doing first or second gear and wiped out in a corner i am doing 80 on my motorcycle <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not i'm not trusting your cheap ass brand for this so and i would assume that you guys would agree with me on this it's just spend the damn money and get them something that's going to protect them because you know arms and legs you can't do much for but your damn head is super important and neck we ran those neck braces in the flat tracks oh yeah racing which you know yeah. i thankfully never had to test them out yeah i, 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 I never did, i remember using some of the built stuff like when i was old enough to pay for my own stuff because it was cheap but it's just that it was cheap the stuff never lasted the boots never yeah. lasted the gloves never lasted the jackets never lasted. i stopped buying that and then i stopped buying other stuff like i mean i could never afford like the freaking um some of the real higher quality helmets so like that i kind of had to because they're expensive you know four five hundred dollars for a helmet i couldn't afford that at you know 21 years old 20 years old yeah, I, and when it comes to, like, that stuff, like, I'm not saying go out and buy the, you know, I'm sure a kid's motorcycle helmet now, you could buy a $700 one, no problem. I'm not saying do that. 
buy the quality of stuff that your kids level is at, if that makes sense. Um, if your kid's racing every weekend, I'm sorry, if you can't afford the good gear to protect him, he shouldn't be riding on the weekends. Uh, it's just not, especially if he's racing and very serious about it. Now, if he's just cruising around a backyard track, okay, don't cheap out, but don't, you don't need to buy that $700 helmet or anything like that. Neck braces, knee braces. You don't need tech tins every weekend. Um, it's just like, you know, stuff like that. It's just, for me, I, I just, Abel's bicycle helmet was a, a, an expensive Fox one. It, it was a nice, because I just, I didn't want to put him in a Walmart helmet. Except for when he was cruising around the living room. Like he had a little, he had that little stupid one with the ears on it that weren't yeah. going to protect him in any way. <laughs> just that helmet was just kind of pointless. But he he was walking on the bicycle. When I bought him the full face, he was going mountain biking with me. So, you know, buy the level of stuff to what they're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Good quality stuff is important. Yeah. Quality. You know, that doesn't mean that, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, some last year stuff is on clearance and you happen to find the last one of the last size that your kid needs and it's only a hundred bucks. But, you know, last year it was a $300 helmet. Yeah. I, I mean, that's all right. But yeah, yeah, just that's, that's super important. That's a really good point is spend the money on the head protection more than anywhere else. Yeah. And like when we kind of got off of it, we, um, to mention it earlier when we said that my uh, little sister got the genetics from my dad, she and deci- decided that, um, she was going to become best friends with a guardrail at like 70 miles an hour. And the guardrail denied her by one breaking her compound, fracturing her left elbow and then breaking her right knee leg. Yeah. Right below the knee with a major concussion. Yeah. Major concussion, uh, on an R six, um, Thank God she bought that brand new, um, how do you say it, Danese? Yeah, it was a nice Danese. helmet. The, the, and the leathers and the boot, she, yep. she fully geared up and had a brand new helmet. And, you know, for whatever happened to her, and she was riding with her couple, couple of people, she was at the back, low-sided, went into a guardrail. I mean, destroyed the bike. You guys have all seen the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, front wheel completely broken half. Um, all the body work was gone. They cut her. They had to cut her out of her brand new leathers. Ugh. Yeah. And, uh, in one wreck, she toasted a bike, toasted a brand new helmet, toasted her brand new leathers. Um, I think her riding shoes made it. Um, but uh, she was majorly concussed and it was just one of those things. She was just riding up with the group and, you know, no one really knows what happened because she was at the back, um, which, it, you know, depending on, you know, who you are, I, I thought that being a new rider, she should have kind of been up more towards the front. But um, she ended up going down and there, thankfully there are a lot of people there to help her once the group got back to her. And uh, she spent what, two, two and a half weeks in the hospital, three had to have surgery. She, yeah, she had to have surgery for that. She, I don't know that she was in, she may have been for two weeks it, and it was right when COVID first hit. So nobody mm-hmm. could even go and see her. 
Yeah, because so she had to have that steel was, plate in her left arm. Yeah, yeah. So she has that titanium plate in there forever. Titanium. Yeah, and uh, you can see it when she puts her arm straight; it pops out. Um, yeah. So that was a major, major one. She's actually lucky to be alive because it just a little bit more of a angle of slide in or something she may not have because she went halfway under that guardrail well and the other thing is is if the guardrail wasn't there it could have been the guardrail made it rough but it could have been way way worse because with the speed she's going and how she was sliding i mean and the other thing is she she goes down and you're disappeared off the side yeah 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 yeah, I mean, yeah. there's especially there in Georgia where they were, you know, you're not too far off the road. You're in super tall stuff. So if your group's not paying attention in front of you and there's no one close behind you and you go down, you go off. There's times that, you know, there's a chance that no one sees you go down and then no telling where you're going down out there in some of those. Yeah. What did you because yeah. head on? The ground. That's what gave her the concussion when she went down, or did she bounce off of something? Well, she went down hard enough to compound fracture her elbow. Well, I mean, she hit the guardrail, but that's what I'm saying is what did she, did she hit her head on the oh. guardrail? Did the bike bounce and hit her in the head? We don't, nobody really knows because Faith doesn't remember it. The group didn't watch it, and I don't think anybody behind her watched it. They just pulled up after she had already gone down because nobody could really explain what happened. Like, nobody said, oh, she just went down, like... It, it it was once she went down, people were driving. Or, you know, people were already around her. Um, but yeah, I remember FaceTiming her in the hospital about that, and um, she still rides. I mean, she's she's wrecked a couple more times since then, not hospital trip wise. But well, yeah, didn't she again? Didn't she break something or screw up her leg? Did she in South Carolina? Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. No, so the dragons. No, wasn't she at the dragon's tail when she went down? No, she was actually no. She was in uh, no. She was in Alabama when she went down on her R six. Oh, north north. She was up in the northwest northeast corner, up near Tennessee, Hmm. is when she went down. But she was she bought that um, like KLX six fifty six fifty or something that when Mm -hmm. she moved to. uh, to Charlotte and then our Myrtle Beach. And then she, I think, low sided on wet cement oh. over there somewhere. Yep. And scraped up her leg. And it was the same leg that she had broke. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. It was, um, it, that didn't take long. And I think she's fallen over one more time since then. I think she needs to stay off bikes. Yeah. But so, with all of that being said, it, your kids, you or your kids, it's not if, it's when. Yep. If you ride enough, it's it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, the best thing you teach them is, is just, you know, don't be, don't be cheap and be smart. And, you know, it, hopefully, you know, shit doesn't go wrong. I mean, sometimes it's uncontrollable. Even if you're doing 50 or 60, you know, people pull out in front of you. But if... You have a kid who thinks it's cool going 180 every single time he hits a straight, then yeah, you're going to have more problems later on down the road. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, when it, when it comes to any of that, I, I mean, I, I know I only have a three-year-old, but when he starts riding, I'm going to teach him the same stuff that we were taught. And the, you know, I'm just not, I'm going to make sure he always has the proper gear because proper gear helped faith. It's helped us in a lot of things. I'm sure there's other times where if we would have gone down or something, if we didn't have the, the proper stuff, um, it could have been much worse, but, um, but yeah, this is, um, we're going to go ahead and kind of wrap this up now. This has been a, a fun, you know, very last minute planned uh, episode. Um, it's it's nice to be back on the podcast and I've already got some reviews enjoying it. I know the first one was kind of boring because it was just basically me talking um, and just kind of going over what we're doing. And um, we already have more guests lined up. Uh, next week guest is going to be a Project Dad Life. He has a YouTube channel, uh, Instagram following. He has an insane amount of projects. So next week, um, I guess I'm going to kind of word that wrong. I'm going to go with the next episode, episode three. Um, we're going to talk about being a dad and having uh, many projects and kind of figuring out how to balance that and uh, running the YouTube channel and everything all together at the same time. So expect that on the next one but uh for this podcast and this episode uh thank my dad for taking his time and you know this this episode went uh, longer than what we expected but i mean it, i feel like there was a lot of good points made for uh dads that are know that you're gonna have kids that are you know riding um which you know you see so much on the page and everything so kind of preparing and tips and you know there's some things that you can't prepare for uh you know shit does happen but um you know just kind of thinking it through and preparing for all that but uh this is it for this episode i want to thank my dad again for coming on my brother cameron for getting this up hopefully here in the next couple of days and getting out for you guys but that is it for this episode so we will see you guys next time see you guys later see you later <laughs>